This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up on today's show, we head to Ottertail Country and check in with Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service. We talk a lot of ice fishing and much more next. Winter has set in. Bemidji, the first city on the Mississippi, comes alive during the frozen winter months. Whether you explore the hundreds of miles worth of trails by either snowmobile or snowshoe, Bemidji captures Minnesota at its finest. There are 400 lakes close by, perfect for that weekend ice fishing getaway. Located in the heart of northern Minnesota, Bemidji. Hotels, B&Bs, and year-round resorts, Bemidji has you covered for your perfect winter getaway. All reasons why Paul Bunyan and Babe call Bemidji home. For more details, go to visitbemidji.com. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. This is Mandy Yurk, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hey, we're checking in with Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service down in Ottertail County. Uh, Garrett, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me on, Tim. I sure appreciate that. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on there. You know, we've uh, we've been dumped on with snow here, not nearly as bad as places south. Are, are you guys getting all that snow that everybody's been talking about down there? Yeah, you know, where, where I live specifically, we did get uh, uh, quite a bit. We got dumped on pretty good here. You know, and I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't affect the ice conditions too much. We kind of had some interesting conditions this year. So we had not very much ice, and we got a lot of snow on top of it, and things got slushy. Well, then we got that warm weather, and uh, that snow melted down, and it got real cold, and things were setting up beautiful. And now we're back to a little bit of snow again. But I think, you know, things set up so nice that I, I'm really thinking it's not going to be as problematic as it was the last time we got all this snow here a couple of weeks ago. So what are you seeing out there when you've been out there? How deep is uh, the ice right now? Uh you know, I hate, I hate to tell, you know, people that it's, it's safe driving around everywhere, but, you know, I, mostly 14 to 16 inches everywhere I've been. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good start. Certainly better than, than some of the areas I've been hearing, uh, but I did hear good reports yesterday. We were talking about the um, um, uh, Brainerd J.C.'s ice fishing extravaganza, and that's always very, very important to have thick ice, and they're doing pretty well over there. So it looks like the cold and the thick ice has penetrated the snow Still, though, uh, in a lot of lakes, uh, Garrett, we're, we're seeing just that ability to even get out there difficult because of all the snow. Because of all the snow. And it creates that slush, which is uh, it's terrible. It, it, it turns to, like, wet concrete. And, yeah, there's no good, good way to, to really get through it. You know, I have a 2,000cc four-stroke Articat Bearcat that uh, is as good of an ice fishing tool as I've ever owned personally. And uh, even in that slush, that. That can be pretty useless. It's, that, that, slush, that, that slush can be really tough. That, so, that can be pretty brutal stuff. You know, and the other thing is this snow kind of changes the way the fish react a little bit, and that's kind of what I wanted to mention today, sure. too, is what you're going to start to see, if you haven't already, is you're going to start to see those those early ice weed bites really start to die off now because um, there's just not much light penetration with all the snow on the ice. 
and it's going to cause those weeds to die off pretty quick and pretty rapidly. So, you know, if you're, you, you got spots in your GPS that you usually go and, and pound on panfish early in the season, those fish might not be there right now. You're going to want to go look out deeper. So what I've been kind of finding is good basin bites, both for cl- crappies and bluegills. Um, and, and um, you know, th- those fish are out in that deep water suspended now versus up in those shallow spots that we were finding right away in the season. Okay. So look a little bit deeper. If you have a forward-facing sonar, I mean, it's it's almost not even fair. They stick out <laughs> like a sore thumb in that deep water, and it's it's easier to hunt them with sonar in deeper water than it is in, the, in those weeds because they show, they show up really well. Well, it's it's been an, again an interesting year with all the weird uh, things that have happened. Um, and and for you as a guide, um, are you are you take are you, pre, you you need to be pretty mobile, I would guess, right? Yeah, you know, in my operation, I don't rent uh, ice castles or anything like that. I take people on run and gun trips, and we fish on a portable shelters, and uh, that way you can be kind of nimble. And, uh, you know, that's been an advantage to me. Um, you know, I also can take people out in a snowmobile, so that's been an advantage to me, too. I don't rely on just vehicle transportation to get people out on the ice. So that's that, that's kind of an advantage in years like this. Um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to uh, get a road plowed out so I can get people into wheel houses. So. Right, right. Well, that and that's the thing. I mean, if, if you really want to catch fish, you know, in the summertime, soft water season, you're moving all over a lake to find the right spot. So if you really want to catch fish, you've got to be mobile. You can't just put your, you know, your mini mansion out there and uh, and sit there. I mean, it'll be comfortable, but uh, you may not catch a lot of fish. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what we always uh, talk about is I really like to go ice trolling. And, you know, I'm utilizing uh, forward-facing sonar. We're drilling a bunch of holes. We're moving throughout the entire day just to stay on those roaming schools of fish. And, you know, sometimes when these panfish are out over these deep basins, you can wait for them. They'll circle back to you. But, you know, you could have an hour to, you know, uh, or more of downtime between when the schools come through and then you catch a few and you really got to wait for the fish to come back or all. Whereas, uh, you know, if you kind of stay mobile and keep punching holes all day, you can stay right on those roaming schools of fish and have some, you know, phenomenal number numbers. Yeah. And, and, um, and the thing about that is, it, despite the slush, more often than not, you're able to get out there and, and get fishing sooner than somebody who wants to put the big house out. Put the big house out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, and you know what I'm, I'm kind of excited about is on uh, the 14th is winter trout opener. I do a lot of guiding for trout trips, and uh, that's kind of a, a fun bite. You know, what we do is we drill a, a a bigger sight fishing hole and set up in 10 to 12 feet of water, and we sight fish for rainbow and brown trout, which is some of the most interesting ice fishing you'll do. It's just fun to watch the fish come through and interact with your bait. Hmm. You know, and, and, and those species really thrive in in cold water temperatures you know that's that's a fish that their metabolism is is really super high in these cold temperatures and so uh you know they'll come in and check out your offering in your hole and then a lot of times they won't bite it they'll swim out of sight and then they'll they'll come back in and somebody has a hook before we even see them the second time you know like they, they do a circle around your house and then they come in and just slam it so fast you hardly see them see them bite it so it's uh, pretty exciting and you know the year class of fish that we caught last year were some really nice sized fish some some bigger uh, rainbows and browns I, I think the biggest rainbow we had was around 26 inches long and then we had i had a young kid a guide client hook a brown trout that was you know all of that 26 27 inches long we lost that one at the hole unfortunately but we did land that big rainbow but kind of exciting it's a you know kind of like spearing but with uh, with rods for rainbow and brown trout so that's one of my favorite things in the winter and it uh, opens up stocked inland trout lakes open opens up here in minnesota on january 14th and there's opportunities to do that all over the state of Minnesota, not just where I live. 
Right. I mean, I know, you know, here we've got precious few, but there are, you know, several scattered um, trout lakes. And I'm assuming that's that's what we're talking about, fishing those designated trout lakes. Designated trout lakes, exactly. And you can find a whole listing, no matter where you live in Minnesota, right on the DNR website of everything that they, they put in. You know, some of them are, are, are different. They have some that have, if you get up in that uh, Arrowhead region, they have ones with Splake and Brook Trout up there. Um, down by me, it's Rainbows and Brown Trout that they stock. And, uh, you know, so there's some different opportunities, kind of depending on where you're at in the state of Minnesota, too. Yeah. It's a unique, unique opportunity to, to ice fish, uh, you know, a, a hard-fighting, great-tasting fish in shallow water where you can actually see them bite and interact with your presentations. You kind of take a different approach to that. I try not to be as mobile because, uh, you know, it's almost more important to be quiet. Sure. I like to set up in the mornings off a main lake structure. And these, these trout, they like to corral minnows, you know, against main lake points. And so uh, I like to set up right along those break lines. So actually one side of my hub house will be in deeper water than the other side of the hub house. And you can kind of see the shelf in the house that you're fishing down. <laughs> and uh, those fish will come through throughout the day. And, you know, they, they, they really like shallow water. And so, uh, you know, we fish anywhere from nine to 15 feet deep is kind of in the zone. And then if in the afternoon, what, what, what I've kind of noticed is if you get some commotion and some traffic where people are setting up around you and moving around and drilling holes and making noise, those fish will sometimes push out over those deeper holes, um, but they still only occupy the first 15 feet of the water column. So you can go out and fish them over deep water, but they're st- you're still only fishing the first 15 feet. You know what's interesting? Um, you just he, seems to be different trends going on. And, like, I had very seldom in all my many interviews had many times heard ice angling guys talk about trout. All of a sudden this year, you're probably the third or fourth person who's talked about ice angling for trout. Well, I, I can't imagine that's a new thing, but all of a sudden there seems to be more buzz about it. And I just wonder if that's, again, a product of social media and people hearing about things for the first time. You know, I, uh, I, I hope it is. It's something that I've really enjoyed. You know, we've always really celebrated, especially the opening weekend since I was a kid. I grew up in two harbors, and so we uh, had some pretty cool opportunities out there to fish for uh, Big Splake was the target when I was younger. So we'd always kind of plan, you know, the whole year for our opening opening weekend attack on big splake you know <laughs> yeah and and uh you know t- trout is it's a, it's a good tasting fish uh they're fun to catch and certainly even in the summer you know there's there's that core that goes out there and loves to fish trout um but it's it's good to see that people are being creative and uh, and just you know enjoying it even in the uh, hard water season yeah you know an ultra light rods your panfish gear is good i i do use you know i've got kind of a variety but i i do use four pound test uh okay. setups for uh for trout versus the two pound stuff that we often will use for, for bluegills um they're far less line giant that you know those those runs are are big drag screaming runs and so you know four pound test is kind of the ideal seems like if you go to six you don't get as much action on your jig and so you don't get as many bites but I, you know i'd recommend four pound test if you're going to go for trout opener your your standard panfish jigs will work real good they wax worms are kind of the go-to uh, plastics work really well. It seems like anything in pink, you know, any of your favorite panfish plastics in pink is, a, is always a really great color. How has the bite been? I mean, you know, you've been able to get out there some. How has the bite been when you've been able to get a hole drilled and uh, drop a line in? Uh, it's been good. Um, it's been it's been really good. Um, just, uh, you know, looking in those deeper water areas, it seems like the weeds have really died off and kind of pushed those fish out of the shallow stuff. And what will happen is as those weeds start to decay, 
they actually use up more oxygen than, uh, you know, they're not producing it. They're actually using up oxygen. So that's what you notice is in those shallow areas, those weeds will use up all the available, a lot of the available oxygen, obviously not all of it. And, and it'll just push the fish out of those areas over, you know, and they'll suspend out in that deep water. But, oh, it's been, it's been really good. Okay. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people have been out fishing this year. A lot of lakes are still kind of untouched over in right back in the woods. Very few people have been on a lot of lakes for whatever reason. Well, you know, again, you you got to be serious about it to get out there in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think maybe bad conditions early kind of had people not fishing as much as the past couple of years. One of the other, you know, big things that has really, really taken off, I would say, in the last three, four, five years is eel pout. And, you know, you're seeing lots of posts about eel pout now. A lot of people love to go fishing eel pout. Do you do much of that? You know, I, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, I, I just don't have very good eel pout fishing where I live. Uh, that's something I have to head up north for. Okay. I have got the opportunity to go. I got to go with Jason Rylander um, in Bemidji by you guys, and uh, I caught a great, big, beautiful one. And yeah, I used to think they were ugly. Now I'm starting to think they're pretty, pretty cool looking. <laughs> I love to send you the picture of the one I got with Jason Rylander. I mean, it was beautiful. It looked like uh, you know, whenever I show show somebody the picture, they say you should have got cowboy boots made with that. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was really a beautiful fish. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting. All those lakes in in Ottertail County, and, and not too many uh, eel pout ones, huh? Not uh, we just really don't have a good eel pout population for whatever reason. Okay. Well, again, it's it's something that certainly has taken off the last few years, and uh, I think it's just the style of our lakes where I live. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're definitely more of those bass panfish style lakes where they have a high nutrient load, a lot of weed growth. They're just not those Bemidji. Mm-hmm deep rocky uh sterile lakes like you guys have you know mm-hmm. it's just a different characteristic and i i just kind of feel like for eel pot, it's just not the best habitat like what you guys have there well i mean you are slab seeker guide service so i mean it has been a lot of pan fishing for you uh over the years for sure that uh that does seem to be the bread and butter of uh of ottertail county you know and i think it really is you know and even our walleye lakes uh I guess the walleye guides in Ottertail County are going to hate me for saying this, but <laughs> I feel like you guys have far better walleye fishing than we do, too, once you get uh, you know, north and east. The, the style of the lakes changes quite a bit, and I feel like the walleye fishing gets quite a bit better. Won't ask for any secret spots, but do you uh, tend to fish, uh, I mean, with all those lakes, do you tend to fish some of the off-the-beaten-path lakes more often, or are you on the biggies? You know, my strategy has been for a long time that I like to fish the the small lakes early in the season, and those bites are better. And and uh, then as those fish, you know, kind of start to shut down, and then I tend to move to the bigger lakes and stay on good fishing. You know, and if, if somebody wanted to come up to Ottertail County and do some fishing, there, there's a thousand forty two lakes, so there's a lot <laughs> of good opportunities. But some of the big main ones, I mean, I'll 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 tell you the names. I'm not giving away any family secrets are you know star is always a notoriously good bite mm-hmm. um throughout the whole winter it's a larger lake uh, i don't want to put a target in any of them you know, you know stuff right. that's really small because that's no. going to be pretty fragile no um, I, I don't expect that <laughs> big pine lake and perm is always a great bite for uh for for crappies okay bluegills even uh-huh. um you know uh, and, and you know those are those are two that people really like if you wanted to catch walleyes and perch obviously otter tail um, starting, you know, I, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time out there, but you know, they're starting to see some plowed roads and some plowed paths out there. So that's a place you could even, even go out of a few different locations and take a, a hard sided hose. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> 
And oh. I'm trying to think of where, where else I could send people that won't, uh, you know, you don't, you know, panfish, these, these resources can be fairly fragile on the small lakes just because, you know, the DNR doesn't obviously stock any panfish. And so if you put a big target on a couple thousand acre lake, you can do irreversible, irreversible damage, you know, like on, right. on my boat and on the ice with me, I really get customers to throw, especially big bluegills. You know, those fish grow really slowly, about an inch a year. So you catch a 10 inch plus bluegill, not, that fish is over 10 years old. Right. And if you take a bunch of those fish out, you take out a lot of good genetics and you can actually do irreversible damage. He's Garrett Spear from Slab Seeker Guide Service down in Ottertail County. We have a lot more to cover with Garrett next. I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. My guest today is Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service in Ottertail Country. He loves catching those crappies and sunnies and bluegills and perch. I know you've been really involved uh, with the you know changes in the in the regs for uh, panfish, and you've been on that committee in that group. Are are you still working there? Are there still more changes to come? What, what's going on there? You know, uh, yeah. So as far as the bluegill thing goes, I think that end of it is kind of complete. But they uh, would like to really do some work on, and I'm probably not the best candidate in the work group, but. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can to help is uh, the perch is kind of the next target for the panfish worker. Okay. Uh, and just kind of restoring Minnesota perch to the former glory that they, they had. You know, the, this was a state where, you know, back in years past, you could go out and target bigger perch, and we really don't have a lot of opportunity for that anymore. And that's kind of important, not just, you know, from a uh, um, fishing standpoint our our selfish standpoint but the perch is so important to the the whole ecosystem of the lakes uh it's a yeah, it's a, a forage base right and, right so it's really important that uh, they can get that thing solved absolutely yeah well that's uh that is it important and that's good to hear that they're they're working on that so we we kind of feel like uh as far as pan fi- i mean as far as like bluegills and goes and crappies go we're we're We've got the lakes that we need targeted and regulation-wise, we're good to go now for a while? You know, they kind of did two phases. So they did the first year, they rolled out the first phase of it, and then last year, you I'm not sure if you had any right close to you, but then last year there was a whole other phase of lakes that was kind of phase two. And um, to my knowledge that they're you know, still going to be open to adding more lakes to the list, but, uh, you know, we don't really have a phase three that's going to be rolled out this spring like we had done the last two years. Okay. All right. You know, and I, I really like the way that, that the DNR went about it. it versus doing a regulation on every lake in Minnesota because on a lot of lakes, what we're doing with the five and the ten fish limit, it wouldn't work. It would actually maybe make things worse. If you have a lake that has a lot of stunted panfish, 
Um, the problem is there's actually, you know, too many panfish and they're overeating the food source, those small invertebrates that are so important for, you know, for food. And so, you know, to limit harvest on those lakes isn't going to make the fish bigger. Um, but then you have some of these lakes that, you know, they, they kind of have the right prey balance. And so there's good size largemouth bass or pike that keep the population density down. So there's less fish and there's enough food to sustain, you know, pretty good size fish. And so for those, it's important really not to go out there and take take uh, a limit of 20 once a day or, you know, every, every other day. It can really do a lot of damage. But uh, then on some of those lakes... You know, they almost need to look at stocking largemouth bass or something to kind of keep the population density down. And mm-hmm. the problem is with anglers is, you know, we don't want to go out and clean a bunch of five, six-inch bluegills. Nice. Uh, so those lakes that are overstunted, even when they do get some angling pressure, everybody lets some small fish go because, you know, how do you go out and fillet a bunch of five- and six-inch bluegills? Right, right. So well, there is some more work to be done, but I think, uh, you know, they've done a, a good job of protecting some of our pretty special fisheries in minnesota how many do you know how many lakes have up by you they put five oh, and ten fish limits on i i feel like it was like oh 20 something i think nice you know yeah i was you know and, and and the ones that made sense a lot of them that made sense some of them you know were kind of the models we had some that had you know some five fish special regs already that kind of were the models for the for the whole work group and uh and so those stayed on as well so yeah, I probably shouldn't say the name, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that that's a real interesting study. I, maybe we talked about this before. Hopefully, I think we up. did. Yeah, uh, that one you can look, and it's had all the regulations. It had a twenty fish limit. It had a ten fish limit. It had a five fish limit, and, and it had each of them for a large enough time frame where you could really look at the data and see that when they when they uh, reduced the harvest, that the fish definitely did get bigger in the in the, the netting surveys that they did. Yeah, I mean it. It 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 works. It really does work. And so let's hope that that uh, that uh, ripple effect goes statewide. You know that would be great news. Well, listen, yeah, and that's something I'm really passionate about. You know, when you start to have kids, I have a seven year old son, and he loves to chase big bluegills. And he, you think about uh, hopefully he'll still have these opportunities when he's my age to go out and look for these big panfish. I yeah. think this will help. Well, listen, you uh, we we got through the holidays. People have Christmas money. Pretty soon, they're going to have tax refund money. Uh, any cool toys out there we should be looking at in the fishing world? Boy, I'm not I'm not sponsored by them or anything like that. But uh, forward facing sonar is really an incredible tool for both ice fishing and open water. Um, whether you're looking at Garmin or Hummingbird or Lorenz, I think they're all making one now. Um, it's a you know a, a fairly substantial investment in fishing, but to be able to not only see where the fish are is what people think about when they go and purchase one of those, but just to see how the fish react to your presentation is, is pretty amazing. You, you learn a ton. I mean, I feel like every time I go out with forward facing sonar, I learn more about how whatever species I'm pursuing, but you know, specifically how panfish behave. And, um, you know, it can be really humbling some days to have forward facing sonar. You know, I, I think as anglers, you like to think like, oh, if we find them, we'll always catch them. But uh, it'll show you that, you, no, you don't necessarily, you can find them, but you still don't always catch them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been interesting to kind of see how, you know, big barometric pressure changes will really shut them down too, where you'll have a lot of fish that'll come right up, look at that jig and turn and go down, you know, and then, you know, it's just a perpetual cycle of them coming up looking and then they're gone coming up and looking and then they're gone you know and just some days the fish are just in a more positive mood they're just in a better mood than they are other days yeah 
but it, it, it's definitely made me a better angler. Just what you can learn with that information is, is really incredible. Well, what would you say uh, going into 2023, your outdoor slash fishing New Year's resolution would be? Boy, a New Year's resolution for fishing. Um, I'd like to spend more time kind of pursuing different different species. And, uh, you know, other than, than uh, doing as, as much panfish, uh, you know, it's uh, it's always fun to do uh, like eel pole, like you had mentioned, and, you know, to try some of those new species. I just talked to a buddy of mine who has been angling for big, I mean, giant sturgeon on the St. Croix River uh, through the ice. Mm, really? And, uh, you know, I've, I've never done anything like that. But, I mean, if, you know, to go angle sturgeon in the winter, I think, would be a real bucket list thing for you. All right. Um, if we want to get an ice fishing trip in uh, Otter Tail Country or we want to uh, check it out uh, in the summertime, how do we get a hold of you and get something set up, Garrett? Yeah, I have a website. It's slabseekerfishing.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can message me on Facebook, Instagram, um, or, or reach out via the website. And uh, trout fishing trips start Saturday the 14th. I got a lot booked. We can sneak in for trout fishing, too. We're fishing a little south of uh, Ottertail County in, in uh, Stearns for, for big trout. And then just as we wrap up, just a general overall um, wisdom for people going out ice, ice angling, not lake-specific, not species-specific, what should we be doing in January? In January, I would, uh, I would, as this weed growth is going to die off and is, is dying off right now, I'd just look to those basin areas. And uh, if you have electronics, just, just keep moving until you're on the fish. Go and sit and wait for the fish to come to you. Go, go find the fish yourself, and you're going to have a big day. He's Garrett Spear. He's from Slab Seeker Guide Service in Otter Tail County. Uh, Garrett, great to have you on the show once again today. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate that. we got a bunch of new podcasts coming up in the next week or so. Some great stuff. We're going to hear from Tad Johnson on the upcoming Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. we got a Lake of the Week, and we got John Hoyer coming in. John Hoyer is the National Walleye Tours national champion, and he was part of Team USA in some international competition in Europe. Lots of great stories from John coming up in the next week or so. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Bob Barn, yeah. Country. Country.